Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the sixth episode of Mixtape Book Club podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name's Mel. And this week, we would like to introduce you to our lovely guest, Lindsay, who goes by And I Meant It to Sting on AO3. Hello. Hi. Welcome. So each um, each week we take a look at a different trope in the huge collection of Destiel fan fiction, and this week is this is Sunday after the um, airing of the season fifteen finale. The entire uh, show has ended, um, and there's some mixed reactions um, to say the least. <laughs> But what we're going to do is um, head back into um, the canonverse world of fan fiction. Um, so we're going to take a look at what that, what the ending of the show might mean for writing fan fiction into the future, and we're going to talk about some fix that feature alternative and happy endings um, for in a post-canon kind of world. Uh, just a quick thanks to everyone who's been listening to the podcast and left leaving us comments on the, on our blog or on social media. You can find links to all the fix that we're going to talk about in this episode on mixtapebookclub.com. So head over there um, and leave us a comment and tell us what you think. If you've been enjoying the stories that we've reviewed, or if you've missed any of them equally, um, there is now a collection of all of the stories that we've reviewed on the podcast up on AO3, which we will link in the blog post for this week's podcast episode. Whoa, 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 spoilers. Before we start talking about any of the, the fix for this week, we're just going to um, say up front that we are going to be talking about the events of the season finale um, during this episode. So if you, if you haven't watched it, um, I don't know how you've been avoiding any spoilers, but we are going to be talking about spoilers. So just a heads up. Um, the three fix that we're going to be talking about this week are Welcome to Pine Shores by Lindsay, and I meant it to stay. Take the Long Way Home by Dothraki Shield Maiden, and Tall Grass by Ailey Kindara. Okay, so the story that we will discuss first um, will be Welcome to Pine Shores by And I Meant It to Stay, Lindsay. Um, as always, you'll find the links to it on the blog or in any of our social media posts. This particular one is 21,000 words. It is explicit. The story was published for Pinefest in 2020. And Lindsay, would you like to give us the summary of the fic? Uh, sure. So summary, uh, 13 years ago, Dean, with Cass by his side, bought the rundown Pine Shores Motel and made it into a home and a stopping place for hunters. In those 13 years, he has never been able to bring himself to admit his feelings to Cass. After all, why rock the boat? But, Dean realizes, doesn't Cass deserve more than just growing old in a shabby motel with Dean? Surely, as a good friend, it's Dean's job to encourage Cass to get out there and live his dreams. So, I guess, like, uh, I found this a great fic, by the way. It's really beautiful in that, um, you know, obviously they've decided to give up hunting and... and uh, Dean and Cass are running this motel now for hunters and whatever. Um, and you you kind of explained all of that, um, the way that they came about doing that. Really, it wasn't like just a info dump at the start, but you, you explained it well as the story went on kind of thing, and I find that really good. Um, 
I was wondering, like, though, um, you decided to, to set this, like, 13 years later kind of thing. Was there a reason that you want that you sort of made them wait for so long, I guess? Mostly I I wanted to write them older. Um, the, the story was originally inspired um, by a song that kind of shows up throughout the fic, uh, Poncho and Lefty, that has... Uh, a line about one of the characters growing old and then you know in an old motel and the song really like just gave me like it was a song that inspired the fic and I discovered a couple weeks into it while double checking lyrics that actually I was completely wrong about what the song was about it's actually a song about betrayal and then I had to you know revamp everything to make it work uh, yeah. um but I already had that, like, image in my head of, like, an older Dean in this, like, shabby motel, just still loving Cass. And I just had to run with that. Yeah, it's really sweet. Actually, it gave me kind of a little bit, like, not in a, in a, in a funny way, but, like, the, it gave me, like, Shit's Creek vibes. Like, <laughs> going to run down motel, you know. <laughs> It was good. I loved it. That's true. I think since watching that show, the, the motel that Dean and Cass in is now pretty much the motel from Shit's Creek yeah, in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little better maintained. Dean does try. <laughs> so, um, One of the things that I actually really like about this fic is your introduction of other characters. You have, um, obviously you have Sam and Rowena in the, in the background of this fic. Um, you also have Claire and Kaya, which I really like, and I really like seeing kind of the similarities that you picked out of how Claire and Dean can actually be quite similar in some ways. Um, but then you also have another character with a beautifully on-the-nose name of Hunter, if I remember correctly, <laughs> um, who is wonderful as a reader because I think the reader kind of automatically picks up on this on the similarities between this character and Dean but Dean hilariously does not <laughs> um so what made you decide to include that aspect of it or was it something that kind of came out in the writing and then you kind of leaned into um well I, I wanted to show like you know some of the the new hunters who were coming through the hotel and I thought you know I wanted to write this guy who was just like everything like a young Dean was like cocky and charming and Hunter is very openly bi, uh, which is something that I think young Dean probably could only dream of, but, uh, and Dean's just so annoyed by him and it was just, I just had so much fun writing this and writing Dean's reactions and completely missing where Cass's reactions are coming from and thinking that like Hunter must be the one who's must be the one who's like offended Cass or said or said something and Dean gets all defensive of him and then I had to give him just the most on the nose name just because I knew it would just make Dean just that much more annoyed Yep, because he can be annoyed at the stupid name as well as the person themselves. Yes. <laughs> I think it's great as well how how well 
Cass handles Hunter and is quite happy to kind of sit around and listen to his stories and and then, you know, have a drink with him or whatever. And, and Dean can't quite get his head around how Cass could possibly do that. <laughs> and as a reader, you're sitting there with like, well, he likes you, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing is Hunter, like Hunter has no problem with Dean. Hunter thinks Dean's great. He looks up to him. He wants to be his friend and is just uh, seething. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a really nice kind of extra layer to the story because you, <clears throat> I mean, effectively you could have written the story without that subplot and it would still have been kind of a really nice, kind of very domestic kind of future fic. But I think adding that in really kind of added something to it for me because it gave it this almost kind of in fic meta layer to it <laughs> that was just yeah. really good to me. And it helped Cass to, to work out his, like, I mean, not Cassie, it helped Dean to work out, you know, his feelings because he kind of, you know, when Hunter was sort of coming on to Cass a little bit and and he was, like, bristling from it, you know? Yeah, and I do love stories where essentially Dean's feelings for Cass have always been there. It's just a case of I'm not going to go there, <laughs> like a choice that he's made at some point, um, whether that's through him thinking that it won't be reciprocated or that he's not good enough or any any variation of that yeah. um it's it's really entertaining for me to read that through dean's eyes and occasionally want to just yell at him a little bit which is obviously why this was such a good fic for Pinefest because we do get to read all of that delicious pining even though dean is attempting to set cass up with other people at various points during the story <clears throat> mm -hmm. he's very much kind of doing it in spite of himself <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I, I I really love writing Dean as self-aware. Like he knows his feelings. He doesn't always like to express them, but I I, I like to give him credit for knowing himself and the repression is only as far as speaking about things, not as far as acknowledging them himself. And what he's actually clueless about is Cass's feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good distinction, actually, that he's very much aware of how he feels, but it's the speaking it out loud, the actually trying to yeah, he's not do anything to about it. it. Yeah. Because yeah. we all know Dean's, Dean's not dumb. He's a smart cookie, really. Um, and probably much more emotionally aware than we sometimes give him credit for. Mm -hmm. He just just doesn't have the maybe even the confidence to act on that which might sound strange he's pretty confident in other ways but has his reasons for being the way he is certainly and they are like in in some ways fairly similar these three fix because they're all um basically like obviously they're they're similar because they're all post kind of um canon kind of thing but they're all where where dean is like saying keep continually says to Cass, i think you should get out there and you know try to have a relationship with this person or that person and Cass is always just like no no I'm happy with how things are now I don't I don't need that or whatever and he never says he in like Cass also never tells Dean um how he feels at any stage you know but they never actually speak to each other properly that's what I'm saying <laughs> they're not <laughs> the miscommunication like they're, always they're always not communicating mm -hmm. um I also quite like the idea that Cass is so patient. Basically, I, th I think it's definitely a very like angelic 
trait in that he maybe sees time so much differently than everybody else does. Um, but that he is prepared to just just wait until Dean gets his shit together, basically. So um, this fic was, you obviously wrote it for Pinefest, so you have some really pretty art um, in this one. Um, your artist was Imogen by Night, is that right? I'm just looking up at the... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Cass that did art for this, right? It was Cass, yeah. Yeah, Imogen by Night made some beautiful, beautiful art pieces for this. I'm yeah, they're so pretty. Away by them. Her art is always lovely, but she definitely excelled herself on this one, I think. Yep, we love bangs, bang fix for that reason, don't we? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> nice to have a little, little visual to go with it. Um, obviously that doesn't work for, for every fic, and I don't think a fic loses anything for not having art with it, but it's also really interesting sometimes to see how other people are seeing what you're seeing in your head. Oh, for sure. Um, so, um, I guess like you've you've included Sam in this one and he is like as we as Mal said before he's with Rowena um you know is that like I know that Sam has like a whole list of different ships that he sometimes ends up with in Destielfi um and I've I've got to say I really love it when he's he's in a relationship with Rowena I don't know why she's just I just love Rowena so that's one reason but um yeah tell us about that like what how come you chose to have him with Rowena in this particular one um well Rowena really was my end game ship for Sam like I I like I love Saline also um I shipped it uh, but then once she died and then the connection, Sam's connection with Rowena grew and grew, especially in season 13, I just, I really love the dynamic. I think uh, Rowena brings out really interesting things in Sam. Um, yep. I remember for years there's been like lots of speculation about, you know, which Sam and which I really would have loved to see more of. Um, yes. And also, in their own way, they're both... They're, they're, there's an episode where Sam and Rowena are just researching together, and they're such nerds together, and it's so much fun. <laughs> because you yeah. wouldn't expect it, because she's, you know, so dramatic and bigger than life, but she's a nerd, too. and But also, I think she maybe helps Sam explore some of his what's the word I want darkness isn't quite the right word I want but like Sam is very repressed in his own way uh, and very you know has, has very strong ideas about what makes him good or not good and I think Rowena helps him re-examine those things and maybe be a little kinder to himself and a little, a little less judgmental in general. And I, I just really love the things she brings out of him. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you just said that, actually, because one of my, I guess, kind of headcanons about Sam is that in the earlier seasons, um, after the whole kind of demon blood thing with him, that I wouldn't say that he necessarily had a fear of power, but it was something that he definitely did not want for himself that he 
kind of didn't want any association with and I think that led to for a long time him being the Sam who stepped back or was quiet or didn't lead um, because in his head somewhere there was that association that any power that he held was bad um, yeah. but then I think and Rowena is one of the characters in my mind that throughout the later seasons kind of helped break that association and helped him realize that power can be what you make it um, and that it's in the choices that he makes and that if he chooses to use that power or he chooses to lead um, then that is okay because he's going to do that in his own way and I think quite a bit of that I do think is actually from seeing Rowena and seeing that yeah she has these powers but it's actually the choices that she makes that determine what's good or what's bad and I also think that Arena kind of comes across more as more as an equal to Sam in that way. Um, like she doesn't, obviously she's not stepping back from kind of the hunter aspect of his life or anything like that because she's completely aware of it and is in her own witchy way involved with it. And I guess it makes her kind of feel like she's on an even footing to him in some ways. Well, they've also kind of got their shared trauma, I guess, because, uh, you know, they've both been kind of abused by Lucifer in the past and that 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 recent episode where they were sitting in the car kind of sharing the fact how, that of how scared they were <laughs> was just a bit of a re- revelatory moment. I think that was the episode where I really started kind of shipping them hard like yeah. it had been an idea for me at that point I was like yeah I could see that that could be cute but like at that point and obviously back in that season the idea of Eileen returning I don't think was on anybody's radar at that point. No, that um, was pretty out of the blue, really. <laughs> yeah, so Sam and Rowena were very much my endgame ship at that point, too. Yeah, I think that was also the episode that made me go take them from, like, a crack ship to, no, I'm taking this seriously now, and I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they can offer each other something, because I think being with Sam would almost be a bit of a redemption for Rowena. Um because, you know, she has her own stuff. <laughs> she has her own stuff to deal with, for sure. Um, but maybe being with somebody who could bring out the good parts of her instead, um, and who wasn't just about, you know, money or power or any of the other things that she's been with people for, um, yeah. could be a very good step for her, too. And I do do really like that character, so what what's best for her as well. Yeah. All right, do we want to ask anything else about this fic? Or is there anything else that you would like people to know about the fic, Linz? I think one of the things we were talking a little bit earlier about how, like, Cass also doesn't speak up for the 13 years, and I think that is something that I is really important to me uh, when I write, like, the, the mutual hiding fix is that episode 18, notwithstanding, for the majority of their relationship, the miscommunication between Dean and Cass, it goes two ways. You know, it, as much as Dean isn't talking about his feelings because he assumes Cass doesn't feel the same way or can't feel the same way, Cass has also been keeping quiet about his feelings. You know, there's an episode in season 14 where Cass, talks about how well, clearly he was brought back to prepare for war with alternate universe Michael or brought back to help Jack. Maybe that's actually in season 13. Sorry. So Dean, of course, takes that to mean that 
Cass's priorities are elsewhere. And so no wonder he doesn't think that it's something he can speak up about. And Cass says, you know, I don't get words wrong, but he's also... He's not misinterpreting, saying <laughs> Yeah, misinterpreting what Dean is saying and taking what Dean intends to be expressions of care to just be like, you know, how strong are you? How much use can you be? Um, and right up until uh, episode 18, he thinks that what he wants is a thing he can't have. Yeah. And I, I just think it's very important that, because I think sometimes the fandom has a tendency to put all the weight on Dean to figure himself out and speak up. But, you know, Cass has agency in, the, in this too, and both of them <laughs> could stand to get over themselves and say what they mean and actually hear what the other one is saying. Yep. They're both a mess, basically. (laughs) Well, it was finally, it was, in the end, it was death who locked them in a room and forced them to confess their feelings. (laughs) Which would sound like a crack fig if it hadn't happened. (laughs) (laughs) And then poor Dean wouldn't even have time to say his his response. So... And then they never mentioned it again. (laughs) Yeah, which obviously launched a million fix instantly. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're not bitter. Um, <laughs> well, let's. Shall we? Shall we go on to um, our next fic on the list? Take the long way home is by Dothraki Shield Maiden. Um, it was published for the DCBB um, last year in t- 2019. Um, so it does have um, art in it as well. Art is by. Sarcastic, um, and there's it's beautiful, uh, colourful um, sketches and really beautiful art. So check that out. Um, so it's this one's um, a bit longer than the other two that we're talking about today. It's ninety five thousand words, um, and it is explicit as well. And the summary goes like this: Three months ago, when Dean decided to retire. He thought his life was going to end up differently. He thought he might get to have it all. Sam, Cass, Jack and a nice little place to live. Instead, he gets Sam and Jack off on their Summer of Love tour, radio silence from Cass and a never-ending road trip consisting of himself. Still reeling from the loss of his grace, Castiel travels the country in search of hunts. Driven by a need to prove his usefulness, he pushes himself beyond all limits of endurance. Together with the help of a few friends, a crumbling Victorian house and a stray cat, Dean and Castiel patch themselves back together and create a home together. So it, it sounds actually quite fluffy when, when you read the, um, the summary, <laughs> but um, in fact there's quite a lot more to it than that in yeah. the end. Mm-hmm. I guess Dean, he road trips across the country and ends up in Vermont, I believe. Um, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and finds this, this house that's sort of um, falling to pieces and decides that he's going to stay there and fix it up. So Dean's pretty much in the one place during this the entire story, I think, apart, after the first chapter, I think. And, and Cass is the one who's doing the road tripping. 
and taking on hunts uh, to try to, you know, prove himself useful. Um, it's been a little while since I read this one, but um, I remember that it, it being, uh, you know, it, ha it has a really beautiful happy ending, but a lot of the, um, the sort of journey that Cass takes on the way to the end of this story is quite sad. Uh, he gets quite, you know, angsty along the way, quite broken, I guess. Um, depressed even and um, yeah at this point in time when we're all still reeling from the the um, the, the uh, finale it, you may not want to like go there right now but it is a really gorgeous fic and it does have very happy endings so you know if, if angst with a happy ending is is your bag then definitely give this one a go um, Lindsay what did you think of this one you just you read it this week as well uh, yes, I'd read it before, and then I reread it this week, and I'd forgotten how much hunting there was in the beginning um, on Cass's side. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful fic. Uh, the first, the first half especially is a lot of angst, and uh, but as long as there's a happy ending, I enjoy a lot of angst, so I can cry bucketfuls of tears, and then have the story make it all better. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know what it is. I love any story where they fix up a house. I, I think it's from being in my 30s and still renting. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, actually. And I don't know why. Again, any fic where they fix up a house, I'm like, yep, oh, that one's mine. <laughs> I can't help it. It must, must be an age thing. Um, but they both, you know... I, I love they both eventually do start to talk about, you know, the things that are the things that are haunting them and finding ways to heal together. I love what they named the cat. I don't know if I can say what it is or not for spoilers. <laughs> oh, it's probably a, a minor spoiler, I guess. I feel like that's fine because yeah. I really loved that cat character, I guess, <laughs> if you can call the cat a character. Yeah. I remember, um, sort of part of the like when when Cass actually does catch up with Dean at the house that's not a spoiler to say that um because Dean's sort of begging him to come um and, and join him there and um he does like he's pretty sort of broken when he arrives but he does find joy in sort of the garden and the you know the little bunnies that are in the garden and all that kind of thing I just love like it's almost like taking him back to that sort of crazy cast time where he was following the bees and stuff you know <laughs> I kind of liked that yeah when it comes to like post canon fic um I really do enjoy like I guess classic curtain fic kind of vibes where it's very domestic in certain ways and we get to see them doing the little things that they never had time to do before they fixed the world basically sitting around doing laundry yeah, like, like give do. me some laundry stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but especially with, you know, um, I think that the most common ones are probably Dean cooking and Cass gardening, though they do lots of other things as well. But um, I, I really like that kind of domesticity for them because they just never got a chance to have that. And even canon wise, there's definitely a part of Dean, I think, that craves that. Yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to get to see him finally get to have it and to see Cass get to have it for the first time as well. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I think um, I don't think it's really a spoiler to say that actually this um, fic has one of my favorite I'm not sure I can really call it a trope but um, one of my favorite things in fic is where you do have you know a very angsty or plot heavy fic or whatever but then you get that lovely super sweet um, kind of fluffy epilogue at the end <laughs> where yeah. it's it's usually either a t like a time jump or something significant happens where you get that kind of the contrast of that pure fluff that they deserved all along at the end um and I think this fic did that really well yep and actually the other thing I really liked about this one is um what they described in, in here as Sam and Jack's summer of love tour but it's really actually really sweet because Sam just takes Jack off to to see the country like they're just driving around seeing stuff <laughs> which is really sweet I thought yeah, some some nice dad bonding. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, like if Jack before he sort of became a more powerful kind of, I guess from when he was in season thirteen or fourteen, I guess. Um, yeah, it's kind of cute. Yeah, I liked it because we see a lot of obviously Cass and Jack interaction and Dean and Jack, and we don't always see as much of Sam and Jack. I don't think. Yeah. But to me, he's still still very much a, a dad figure as much of the rest of them so it was nice to see to see that for me I like that yep um anything else in particular that we want to say about this one it's such a long fic I feel like we haven't talked about it enough but I think it's because there is kind of a lot going on that we don't really want to spoil in terms of the actual plot of it I guess um yeah like it's sort of like an ex in some ways an extended case fic but where they have several cases <laughs> to to do he gets into sort of a, a lot of situations that um leaves cliffhangers in every chapter <laughs> and then um yep. that's interspersed with dean doing domestic stuff fixing up the house and so it's a bit of an interesting way that it's been structured yeah and something i think they mentioned in the fic which i thought was interesting is obviously Cass does get himself in a lot of situations um in this story that, and I love the fact that at one point it's pointed out that, yeah, okay, maybe Cass is kind of a reckless hunter, but at the end of the day, who did he learn from? Yes. Um, and <laughs> that the fact that Dean is so bothered by him being so reckless, kind of like, well, maybe you need to take a step back and look where he got that from. <laughs> well, um, Dothraki Shieldmaiden is, uh, is really excellent at writing the feels, basically, like the uh, really he um, intense emotional scenes. So, um, and, and she, they often write a lot of canon fics. So if you enjoy canon fic and you like the, the sort of angsty feels, then definitely check out some more of their stuff because, um, they've got quite a lot of that canon kind of stuff. Uh, they also write lots of coders, I've noticed. So that's good. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's all I can say about that one without spoiling anything. <laughs> so lots of other thoughts, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So um, okay. go, go and read it and uh, enjoy it for yourself, I suppose. Okay. Well, then um, let's move on to the, our third fic then. Um, so the, our third story um, is the only one out of this group, I think, that was actually posted as a whip. I don't think this was a bang fic. Um let me just double check that. Nope, not in any collections. So I'm assuming that it wasn't and that it was posted sequentially. Um, I read it all in one go. Yep. 
um, it is an explicit fic called Tallgrass um, by, apologies for butchering your name, um, Ailey Kandara. Um, and the summary is as follows. I think we should have a garden, Cass says. Dean looks up from his beer. He hasn't had that much to drink, but Cass still has a vague look of unreality about him, a splash of living colour that doesn't fit in the bunker's echoing stillness. Dean didn't hear him coming. A lot of the time, Cass is so unobtrusive it feels like Dean has the bunker to himself, with Sam away. Dean shakes his head to clear it. A garden? He repeats. Um, so straight from the summary there, we can tell what one of the main themes of the story is going to be here. Um, and it also gives us a few other clues to what's going on as well with Sam being away and them being in the bunker together. Um, and we get, I believe, almost 60,000 words to explore that. 57,000 um, for this one. So what did you two think about this story? Oh, um, this is like... This is a beautiful story. Like I find that um, I really enjoy a lot of Ailey Kendara's work um, in that they have a really beautiful um, poetic almost kind of writing style, like very um, descriptive, you know, visual kind of scenes. Um, and I really love the uh, all of the descriptions of the plants basically that because Cass brings a lot of plants, not just in his garden, which is outside, but uh, outside the bunker, but... Um, he brings a lot of the plants inside the bunker too. So we get all the descriptions of, of individual kind of species yeah, and brings, stuff as well. Brings them inside the bunker with occasionally hilarious results, I don't think is a, uh, a spoiler to say. Yes. <laughs> and, and reading about Dean's reaction to that, all of that, is just so funny. Because like, he names the plants, like <laughs> different names and um, yeah shenanigans ensue but um yeah i thought that the actual like even the outside descriptions are, are really are very beautiful um in this fig and we also get an interesting um extra um sam ship in this one in that he is paired with jody which is not always a a ship that we tend to see a lot in, in decile fic at least but um but i felt like i used to see more of it and then for now, for some reason, now I see more Jodie and Donna. Um, personally, I don't mind. I like both. So that's yeah. fine for me. Um, but I do think I used to see a lot more um, Sam and Jodie. And I can see th I can see the logic of that ship. So that yeah. one kind of, I, I don't mind that one at all. That one's just fine for me. Yeah, so. it's funny because sometimes you get, Jodie tends to give me like more of a, a mum kind of vibe with, with the two of them. But yeah. really, they're not that. I don't think they're that much different, sort of in age, even. I'm not sure. No, I don't think they are. I'm actually not sure no, exactly how old Jodie is, but I actually kind of picture her around the same age as them, if not, not that much older. Yeah, because um, she had a little kid, like when she was first introduced. Obviously, the boy who, who died in that first case. So, yeah. but yeah, then she I can't guess be too. If he wasn't hunting, like, Sam could very easily have had. Yeah, exactly. That's multiple what children I mean. by now. Like, so yeah, like it's um. <laughs> You know, they could easily be around the same age. So, yeah. How about you, Lindsay? What did you think? Uh, well, I initially read this fic when it was first posting. Um, yeah. And I think it was the first fic I read by uh, Ailey Kandara and that really got me reading uh, their other their other work. Um, I loved it. Like, I 
think it's an absolutely beautiful fic. Um, yes. And rereading it was a treat. Um, although there was there were parts that I did not remember. Um, but one thing I do like in this fic is um, the original character they introduce, um, who is helping Cass with his garden, and then also he helps her with uh, her plants. Um, she's just a just a really great character. Um, yeah. She fits well into the the dynamic of the world, and her her introduction to the supernatural side of things. She really takes it in stride and. I don't want to say much more about her because I feel like it would spoil a lot of the emotional plot, but I just thought she was just an exceptionally well-done character. And I also really love what Cass's garden is, that it's not, you, you know, your traditional flowers and vegetables and so forth, which, I mean, I love when Cass has one of those gardens too. I um, but in this case, he's rehabilitating uh, a stretch of prairie with like the plants that are native to the area. And it's just really fascinating how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a really nice kind of theme that that brings into the fic with the prairie grass and how that grows, which becomes kind of clear at the end. Um but that was actually kind of a theme, one of those themes going through that was was really beautiful, but you don't necessarily fully appreciate until the end of the fic, which I won't spoil, but um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it as well. Yeah, and I, I like how um, animated sort of Cass becomes whenever the garden or the plants are kind of involved. <laughs> he gets right into it. And, um, yeah. And, and with the um, the original character who comes in and um you know them being animated together is sort of really uh puts Dean kind of on the back foot a bit like he's like who's this new person coming to take my friend away from me um and despite the fact that he doesn't like it he does actually then go on to try to you know set them up or whatever <laughs> you know he's just sometimes he's so blind <laughs> Mm -hmm. so one thing this fic really that's a little different about this fic is that it's not a retirement uh dean especially but both of them are still still hunting um throughout the fic and it's not implied that that's going to stop but but they still manage to have the domesticity like in between that yeah yeah, it feels like it's not taking up as much of their lives as it used to. Um, that it's definitely still part of who they are, but that maybe they can now have this this other life as well, much more domestic. Um, which I actually think is quite quite a nice balance. Like with with post canathic, it tends to either be one or the other. Either they're still hunting full time in its case fic, or it's purely domestic and they've moved away somewhere else or decided to give up hunting entirely. And this was kind of a nice balance between the two for me. Yeah, it sort of almost dovetails neatly into 
the canon, like the existing canon now, because um, you know Jack is away in this, helping to fix up heaven. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it kind of almost fits in. Yeah, there's probably several points in season fifteen where this could have kind of slotted itself in very easily. Yeah. Oh, I did actually really enjoy. I know we spoke about the Sam and Jody pairing. Um, I also really loved the idea of uh, Sam. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say he goes obviously to stay with Jody. It's clear from the beginning that he's not in the bunker. Um, I kind of love the idea of him just being surrounded by all of these wayward girls that are <laughs> kind of up there with Jody and, and handling that and how he kind of adopts them as family even more than he has within the show, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Just the idea of, of Sam and then this kind of found family loving chaos around him a lot of the time <laughs> yeah actually it's funny you should say that the family um not funny but in addition to the that um they also have like thanksgiving and christmas involved in this fit and i love that when they have when people put that in fix and have that because that is that like celebrating holidays mrs butters notwithstanding um, is it mm -hmm. such a domestic uh, domestic thing to do, like with like with your family, basically? And they, I, I just wish they'd actually had that in the show at some point, where everyone had just come over and they'd had a meal. I can't remember them ever actually really doing yeah, that. Yeah, I think the ever. closest thing that we ever had was them eating roast chicken at Jody's that one yeah, time. Yeah, that they went to Jody's place and did it. And yeah. I, I hope they'd done that some other time other than that one time, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they never actually, you know, got the chance to have a, a family kind of celebration, like a Christmas thing. Yeah. Not not that we saw anyway. So I guess in in a way, even though there is some sort of angst and kind of, um, you know, difficult times in this fic, it is like like a overall quite a, a feel-good kind of... Um, you know, family feeling type of fic, which is nice. Um, you know, at this time after the finale, when we're all, you know, a bit sad about the fact that all of the found family is no longer around. We, we, we might be a little fragile, some of us. <laughs> yeah, um, this is a nice, it's a nice fic to read, but it's sort of get, like there are parts of it that are uh, difficult at this point to kind of get onto, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I feel like it's one of those ones that I will come back and reread in a few weeks, probably. Um, because I feel like the, the, the sadness hit different right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a few weeks, it will probably almost be the reverse. It will feel quite healing, I think. Yeah, I mean, having said that, it does have a happy ending. And it is, um, you know, it, does. it has a, a, a lovely ending, in my opinion. But... And some very um, delicious kind of smut. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, there are some sad parts that might be a bit difficult right now. I feel anyway. like people either go two ways, like they either seek out more angsty stuff, like, or they avoid it. I feel like there's two very distinct types of people yeah. <laughs> when it comes to this side of the type of thing. So gotta yeah. have something for everybody. So if you, I, I feel like as well in this one, the the sadness is maybe more emotional in this one and less plot-based compared to the last fic we discussed. Yeah. Um, 
So there's, there's even varieties of angst out there for folks. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what kind of sads you like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right now, I think we possibly have enough sads in the show. Um, yes. Don't know if we well, want shall, to segue into we, talking about yeah, that part. Do that? <laughs> Let's segue. Um, okay, so one thing that we have to say about our fandom is that um, when we're upset about something, <laughs> we um, really, you know, let it be known. <laughs> um, and I think we've actually managed to channel a lot of our, you know, angst, uh, or some people anyway, into either fix it, fix um, coders for the, this finale or into doing, you know, other things like raising money for charities, for instance, which has been going on this week. Um, I will say that one of the the, uh, the the emotional kind of side of the of, of well, I guess the emotions that the fandom are feeling. Um, if you'd like to sort of listen to some more reactions about at least the Destiel side, um, go and have a listen to the Fangirl Business podcast. Um, Krisha and Catherine they they you often talk about the um, emotional aspects of each of the episodes, and they do a lot of you know, screaming and crying and, you know, general outpouring of joy. Um, <laughs> and so they will definitely have this episode covered at some point in the next few weeks. So um, go and listen to them rather than maybe us discussing the events of the episode. Um, I guess the main thing that we wanted to talk about was the way that this kind of ending has effect, will, will affect us as fan creators of... Um, fan works so I there were there's one tweet that I just wanted to mention that um, actually was by a, a Twitter user called Bunny Mishus um, who said that she this is the actual literal quote that they've put on here in my heart I feel that the fandom was always better than the actual show it was the meta writers who provided the deeper meaning and the fic writers who took the characters and made them live up to their potential the fan family was us all along and where what made it truly special the community around it no one can take that from us so i guess what we're saying is that no matter what's actually happened in the events of the show and um how we may have felt about how it all ended it's up to us now to take though that canon and turn it into something that we prefer <laughs> i guess um would you agree with that yeah, I think so. I think um, Supernatural for a long time has kind of positioned itself to do something really pretty unique in that they essentially made Death of the Author canon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think they've been kind of putting in the pieces for that for a long time with Chuck and his writing and then after his writing his alternate universes and then his abandoning of those universes um, and how Team Free Will still had to carry on even without Chuck pulling the strings, having making their own version of the world and their own interpretation of the world, or so they thought at points. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a pretty good reflection of fandom right there. I think they kind of handed us that and said, you know, even once the show is gone, or if the show does something that you personally don't like, well, that's not the end. Even in the show, that's not the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess we saw that first hand in the like the aftermath of um 
you know, Cass's death um, in 18 where like a, I, I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen as many coders like for any other episode as there were in the last two weeks. Um, so after the events of episode 18 when, uh, you know, Castiel confessed his love for Dean and died, um, <laughs> spoiler alert, um, we hit 90,000 fix uh, on AO3 that had tagged Castiel's Dean Winchester, which is amazing. That's so much fix. There's so That's many so individual much. stories. So There was a um, day during that week, I believe, where you had to go almost 50 pages deep on AO3. If you were looking at just the overall casting tag, um, you had to go almost 50 pages deep to find something that wasn't from the last week and wasn't kind of a Dean Cass episode 18 focused story. That's amazing. Can't believe it. Um, and even like from episode 19, there weren't that many. It was just, they all stemmed from um, the fact that, that Cass got taken away from Dean before Dean could respond to, to his confession. You know. Yeah. The fandom had some feelings about that. Uh-huh. So, and then I think some of us tried to fix it immediately and then there were some people who were like no we can wait for 20 like I have faith that we'll get the answer in 20 um, and when they didn't there was then another explosion of people <laughs> yes. fixing it so if you like coders we have been very blessed <laughs> the last few weeks with a lot of them yep. so I even broke my own rule about not writing any so I think it inspired a lot of people. So. Yeah, we, did, we, we spoke about it last time and um, included a list um, of some of those coders in, um, in our blog post. And I, pro I need to update that list again, actually, just because I have read a few more of the 18 coders that um, were really awesome. Um, and, you know, there's like over 400 fix or something that have the, ta the episode tag. So there's a lot to go through. And then now after 20 where they, you know, they teased us for like by them saying that, that you know, Cass's confession was uh, romantic and then not sort of mentioning it again at all. They've really, I think, incensed a lot of people into kind of... Um, needing to have some alternative fixes for this yeah. and so creation can be driven by a lot of things and <laughs> i think for some people it's kind of driven by rage currently um what that will change into as it as it calms down i don't know but i have a feeling that the the urge to fix it is not going to go away anytime soon that's right so we've already seen some i think Lindsay, you you wrote one almost immediately after this episode right you posted it right away okay. I did uh yeah I'd written a short little one after episode 18 and then after episode 20 I just I you know just raged and cried for a bit and then at like two or three in the morning I just wrote it's still very short it's under a thousand words just affix it um just frantically wrote it and posted it an hour um, was really inspired by um, post some meta posts by uh, Mittens Morgul about how mm -hmm. 
like there was a feeling of like unreality to the episode. So I was like, okay, then I'm going to write an episode where that, or a quota where it wasn't real. And um, I'm writing, I'm in the process of writing a second coda with a second way that that might not be real. Oh, good. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) Longer, slightly, uh, might actually get better at before being posted this time. Yeah. Yes, I'm also in the process of, like, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to write it. Hopefully by the time this episode goes up, I might have written at least some of it. But, um, yeah, you know, you just get that itch, don't you? (laughs) You have to start writing it down. Yeah, I think within a few hours of the episode airing, I think to start with, um, I was on voice chat, obviously, with a whole bunch of people. And almost as soon as that uh, voice chat ended, I had my own like private little breakdown, yelled about it with my partner, and then (laughs) I just started writing and like a thousand words just came out instantly. and then since that point, I've kind of worked on it and kind of realized that obviously I'll probably know by the time this podcast goes up which way I went with this, but <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be something that I'll post or if it's something that was really just me dealing with things, whether it was just catharsis for me to, to get it get it out. Um, I, I don't know if I'll post it or not, but I think that that really is what a lot of those stories were about. They weren't necessarily even written for other people. They were written for the author to deal with their own feelings about what had just happened. Oh, that's very much the case for, for, for me. I don't know about you two, but yeah, that no, was definitely. where I was coming from with that. I think a lot of coders tend, like, just by the nature, tend to deal with a lot of the same kind of um, themes or, I guess, uh, they people take them in the same way. But obviously because it's such a personal kind of reaction to the episode, then that's fine. Like, go right ahead and, and write down whatever it is that's in your head that you think happened next or in a, in a different way. Um, and you can never have too many fics. So that's why I, I feel like after I wrote one last week, uh, and two weeks ago actually, um, and I, when I read a couple of other um coders I realized that what I had down was actually really really similar to some other ones um but I still posted it anyway because I thought I had to get it out of my head you know it, it needed to come out and so I may as well just share it and plenty of people have read it and enjoyed it so you know it's um it's good catharsis yeah I think the, the fandom needs it it's our medicine right now uh-huh. and I know that you know soon we'll stop seeing probably long um entire kind of fix it fix i think that's probably something that won't ever go away at this point um but for now those little coders definitely definitely help yep so i've got uh i've got a few of them in a list that um i might um, i won't like mention them all here but like I'll, i'll link them in the post at some point either in a tumblr post like i did last time or in the actual post itself um, they, people are taking it in, in quite uh, varied ways, to be honest, to fixing. Um, they're either filling the, the fan fiction gap between, like, Wild Dean's driving in heaven. 
that he goes to find Cass. Like, for instance, um, Castiel's Lost Wings wrote a, a really great one about that, uh, taking it in that direction where uh, he goes to find Cass somewhere in heaven. There's other ones where, um, like I read one just just before where Dean, where Cass has actually been been made into a reaper and he comes to reap Dean after Dean dies. And, um, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, there's a bunch of other sort of heaven-based ones as well. Um, I've only read a couple that are from um, Cass's point of view, which is what my eventual one may, may end up being. Um, so yeah, and definitely I think there will also be fix where people, like we know Mal, we've already have spoken about this before, that we uh, just ignore the last two episodes and write a whole new story starting from yep. the end of 18. Yep. And I'm sure there'll be more than one. We we know that there's at least one project already out there, which is essentially going to be a whole new season 16, just ignoring the fact that those last two episodes existed and yep. moving on from there. Uh, and I'm sure that there will be a lot of a lot of fics um, that do that. And I'm looking forward to reading them all. Yes, and I've also seen some um, fan vids as well, like videos where people have edited in, you know, a Hello Dean or, you know, ways that, that um, Cass could have been in the finale. And, um, you know, that just, I, I, it could have been so good. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. go. No, I'm not going to be salty. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> no more salt. I've had enough. <laughs> but it's it's in the hands of the fans now. Um, and the fans are already stepping up, like, pretty well. Yeah. And I don't know how other people feel about this. I know that, um, obviously, everybody kind of has their own feelings and has been affected by it in different ways. But... I'm kind of getting to the point now where I'm remembering that actually, for me personally, I hadn't needed the show itself for a long time. Like, the the fandom for me and the direction and kind of canons that we've developed of our own um, are still incredibly valid for me. Um, and they're almost now, I won't say a, a separate thing, because obviously we still will always have all of that source material that we um, draw from. Yeah, um, but I think we've kind of entered what in my head I think of as like the Harry Potter era of things now um, where yeah we may get little extra tidbits of content now and again um, and we can choose to either take those or ignore them as we see fit um, but the world is what we make it now it belongs to us now um, and the fact that Supernatural made death of the author so very canon actually i think makes that easier for us yeah um because there are there are so many things even if we want to stick to writing canon fic that we can do there are so many directions that we can take that can change everything like we're not being chased off into au's to fix things because of the way the show works and and what they did with chuck and everything else like we can fix it within canon and have it make perfect sense possibly have it make even more sense some people would say than the end of the show actually did um which i think is good because you know i love i love writing au's i do but i know i've discussed on the podcast before that one of my kind of first loves really was writing canon fic and i will always write canon fic as something i'll always come back to 
um, I tend to kind of go off and onto a bit of an AU tangent for a while, but I've always got a Canon fic kind of on the back burner, bubbling away. <laughs> um, and I don't think that's going to change for me because we have been given that way of mm-hmm. making whatever we want Canon through Chuck. So, yep. I think for me, um, as baffled and disappointed as I was by the ending, because I did have a lot of faith that um, in the storytelling ability of the writer's room that felt like it didn't follow the story that we had been told up until that point. Um, I had, I had been wondering beforehand if if we did get an emotionally satisfying ending if I would still feel inclined to write canon fix because I or if I wouldn't necessarily feel the need to write them in canon anymore if they got the happy ending that or the emotionally satisfying ending I expected and so well this was not the ending I expected or wanted in any way. The fact that it wasn't makes it easier to continue writing in the canon verse and write what we want to happen, what we know in our hearts is actually what should have happened. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, I don't need that anymore because I already got what I needed. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually, because kind of, as you mention it now, it occurs to me that I have never, I mean, I, I have other ships, like almost everyone does outside of Dean and Cass. I don't think I have ever felt the urge to write anything for a ship that was satisfactorily wrapped up on, on in an emotional sense within the show or, or book or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Not that I don't enjoy those just as much, and I do read fix that other people write, but I think for me the urge to write does come from on a very base level from wanting to see what I haven't seen. Yeah. So in that way, yeah, I think that's a really good point, and I agree with that. I think I would definitely have still written um, AUs either way, but it's kind of a, a question mark over canon. If they had kind of given me the perfect ending, um, I don't know that I would feel the need to to write that again. Now, I think that just means everyone's stuck with me writing Cat and Fic for like the next several decades. So <laughs> I apologize in advance. But <laughs> that sounds like winning to me. <laughs> yeah, I think season 15 kind of gave us several points where it would be very easy to pick up different types of um, Fic from. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like if you want to write, you know, just pure case fix there's definitely a point i think um slightly earlier in the season kind of the after after purgatory but before death kind of issue (laughs) like in in that there was a really good point for that there then there's obviously always the option of fixing the ending or ignoring the ending and carrying on from 18 um i think depending on what type of thick you want to write we've got several launch points within 15 and i know i've seen some people say that they just want to scrap 15 entirely and that they will continue on from season 14 and pretend 15 never existed, um, which yes. is perfectly valid for them. Um, there are definitely some parts for me that I really enjoyed in season 15, so I'm going to yeah. kind of keep those. <laughs> well, I mean, the Destiel um, story itself was quite pronounced in 15. Like, we had 
you know, they were fighting at the beginning and then they, you know, had the purgatory makeup thing. <laughs> yeah. And there was, you know, after that they were a lot more kind of friendly with each other, I guess. So, I don't know. We had some great stuff in there. Yeah. So, I don't want to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater to coin a really corny old phrase. <laughs> um, I, I want to kind of keep those parts of season 15. Um I also think it's completely valid for the people who just kind of want to forget about that and move on from the end of 14. Um, I think that's a perfectly valid way of doing it for them too, or any other earlier season. Like, we can still do that. We don't lose the earlier seasons. We can go back and change whatever we want. It's the magic of fanfic. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. I guess that's the thing um, that comes out of all this that the fandom creators are not going anywhere um we're still we're here to stay we're not we're going to keep creating so stay tuned (laughs) yeah i know a lot of people i've seen on twitter and stuff were kind of worried about that that they would lose a lot of their kind of fandom authors and artists and stuff um and i would say i i am on friendly terms with or know quite well a lot of different writers for this fandom and to my knowledge at the moment there's not a single one of them who has given up because of this some of them you know may not immediately be churning out things as they take a little while to process but um i've not heard anyone say to me yet that they are done (laughs) um so i don't think that's something we need to worry about for the time being i think it's it's almost kind of lit a fire under some people i think yeah i agree and i guess the um you know, through this podcast and our platform, we're going to try and, uh, you know, continue to um, support everyone who is creating fic um, for as long as we need to. <laughs> we're, we're, we're here for you. We didn't talk about um, other fics that are in this, in this trope that we wanted to mention. Mel, do you want to start with mentioning one? I'm just trying to work out which one I'm going to say. Um, yeah, so one of my favourite post-canon fics that I'm going to bring up is called Talkin Bear Mountain Picnic by Mittenwraith, or Mitten's Mogul on Tumblr. Um, it's a story, it, it is in a way a case fic, um, things, things happening in a small town in northern Maine, um, and there is, easy to tell from even from just the, the summary and the tags, there are some, some truth spells involved there. Um, what I think I like about it is just the entire feeling of this fic to me is that yes they are still working these cases even even after the, the, the show period has ended um, but there's a much kind of calmer more domestic feel to a lot of what they're doing um, if I remember correctly Cass is human in this one um and I, I tend to love fix where he's human or in some way not as not as angelic as usual <laughs> um mm. and but having him human and still working with them on on this case um and everything that this case brings up for them and kind of pushes them into is actually um one of my one of my favorite ways of doing things because you you do get the the domesticity feeling with this one there are um cabins involved if i remember correctly <laughs> um yes yeah, so it is actually quite 
domestic feeling in terms of the there's there's cabins and even if they are on a case for it there's hiking and outdoor kind of activities and them getting to enjoy things even if maybe they have multi ulterior motives for being there um definitely one of my i would say overall favorite fics not even just post canon it, it's one that i really enjoy it's about forty thousand words so we'll get that one linked up on the blog post do you have one you'd like to mention Lindsay, do you want to go next? You've got a few, haven't you? Uh, sure, yeah, I had a few I could mention. Um, one of them is A Place We Can Love by, uh, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Anastiel. Um, and it's one where Cass is human and Dean is retired and um, they've moved to a town in Oregon and Dean builds them a house. Um as like this is like true curtain thick, like very domestic. Um, Dean has a blog. Um, Cass has bees. Um, oh my god, it sounds lovely. <laughs> it's it's very sweet. Um, and it's you know the the kind of mutual pining where they're all but married except for that they haven't told each other that they have feelings for each other, which is yeah. my jam. So <laughs> Clearly, uh, yep. <laughs> so. Um, so that that's one I really enjoy. It's uh, about 40,000 words. Um, another one I, I like uh, is Morning Glory by Edgar Allan Rose. Um, that one diverges after the season 12 finale um that's another one where dean and Cass uh live in a house together um this is another one where Cass keeps bees um and there there's a uh, some very very interesting uh original characters who they meet through uh Cass's stand at the farmer's market um again just a very lovely domestic fic. That one's about 25,000 words. Um, and then one other one I had wanted to mention um, is Where the, we Where the Weeds Take Root by Death Banjo. This one's about 30,000 words. Um, um, again, Dean and Cass are uh, retired and living together. This one's... Um, not angsty, but a little, maybe a little more melancholy feeling than some of the others that I've mentioned. But um, again, lovely thick of them learning to live together and find their way to, you know, acknowledge their feelings. Um, one final one that I would like to mention is um, Wait For It by Castiel's Lost Wings. Um, which is a fic, again, post-canon, fits into this whole kind of curtain fic sort of trope where they're living in the bunker and Chuck is no longer an issue. Um, in this particular fic, Jack has kind of stepped up as the new god um, and really the, the biggest thing that they're trying to tackle in this, although there is kind of case fic involved, um, 
the biggest thing they're trying to tackle is moving on from the life that they had and working out where they are now and who they are now. Um, it's an interesting take on it because it's it's pretty much, I would say, an established relationship fic. Um, it's it, it kind of happens within the very first chapter. We see how that happens. And then it's kind of tracking the, the progress of their relationship, how they get from working things out to being in a much better place at the end because it turns out that even when they're together they don't necessarily communicate the best <laughs> um and like i said there is a kind of a case fic involved in this um but also some really like domestic elements too with cast like knitting and, and gardening and that kind of stuff and dean more kind of struggling to let go of who he was and work out who he is now um and as always it's wonderfully written by Castiel's Lost Wings. Very gripping, so we will get that one linked up as well. Yep, that's been on my open tabs for a while now. Yeah, read it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, one that I was going to mention um, quickly, I've only read a couple of chapters of this because I, I opened it up and, and started reading it, but then I, you know, had to put it aside, but um, it's called Dean and Cass's Top 13 Zap Tracks by Pantheon of Discord, um, going with the mixtape theme here. <laughs> um, but this one is actually, it's 82,000 words, so it's a bit longer, but it's uh, 13 chapters and each chapter is named after a different track that may be on the mixtape. So different Zeppelin tracks. Um, and... From what I can gather of the bits I've read so far um, is that it's case fix, so they're, you know, driving around doing different cases and it's it follows the progression of their eventual relationship. Um, and it, do, like it does have a, like a post-series tag, so it is um, supposed to be like they go on a, like Dean and Cass go on a road trip and you know, do some cases along the way. And I think one of the interesting tags that this fic has that I'm quite looking forward to eventually getting to is um, it's literally, it says, fuck you, Buck Lemming, I reject your reality and substitute my own. Um, <laughs> I think we've all I mean, felt okay. that at times. I know, Just, I know everyone has their own favourite writers and least favourite writers. Yeah, go but, off, um, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, um, I like it. Uh, explicit and uh, it was actually published like in in 2017 so it's a couple of years old now but um, yeah it looks good I'm gonna have to get back to that and read the rest um, so I guess what we can say before we sign off is that um, you know take heart um, the the fandom is on it and you know it's not over <laughs> I guess we're gonna take over and um, and produce some great content now after it's after we've got a closed canon we've got we've got the stuff we can work with and we're going to make it all better um yep. none of our fix can ever be broken by canon again <laughs> that's right so. and we got we got a canon confirmation that Cass has been in love with Dean for some time now <laughs> which changes a lot of stuff um but funnily enough that that's always been the case in a lot of fic so you know we had it right all these years. We were right. <laughs> we have to say thank you so much to Lindsay for coming to talk to us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you guys both for having having me on this. I, it was great talking to you. 
about these fics. It's nice to talk out loud about fandom sometimes to the people that don't live with us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us your, like, pour out your feelings about the episode if you wish, um, or tell us about a fic that, that you've read recently that, uh, you know, relating to this new canon, um, you can contact us in a multitude of ways. We've got our email address, which is contact at mixtapebookclub.com, or you can, uh, all of our social media accounts are at mixtapebookclub. Um, so you can, yeah, just let us know what you thought about um, this episode as well if you want to. And um, I've covered everything that I was going to say. <laughs> let, us know, <laughs> let us know what you thought. We're, we're very happy to take feedback in ways that we can make the podcast better for you as well we'll talk to you again soon as always more than ever now uh the story isn't over until we say it is mm-hmm.